0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: Definitely reach out to people. So for me, I knew that I had to find mentorship or a tribe early. I didn't have the finances to do that. So I thought, nurse, I'll stick to the health industry. But then I thought, look, I also need to look at what other entrepreneurs are doing. How are they solving problems?
0: Welcome to impactboom.org. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 371 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Sonia Martin. Powered by a passion to increase connectivity and decrease stigma around homelessness, Sonia Martin had a vision to step up and tackle homelessness head-on, providing access to quality healthcare for thousands of vulnerable Australians. In 2018, Sonia had a dream to take healthcare to the streets. Sonia sat with people on the streets who had been disengaged from healthcare for up to 30 years, listening to their stories and their worries. She was struck by the loneliness of people sleeping rough and doing it tough. And alongside a business partner, she decided to begin to change the lives of thousands of Australians by setting up a simple nursing kit, writing up policies and procedures for a service named Sunny Street, and started providing healthcare from the back of a car boot. Today, Sunny Street is an award-winning health service. Sonia holds a degree in health science and has been a registered nurse for 30 years. In 2022, Sonia was the recipient of the National Outstanding Leadership Award in Entrepreneurship. In 2021, Sonia was the winner of the Health Minister's Nursing Trailblazer Award in Australia and was nominated as Australian of the Year in 2020. She's always felt driven to help others and through her nursing career, she's been successful in accomplishing this humanitarian goal. Sonia is a courageous leader, inspiring generations of women and nurses as she continues to pave the way in healthcare innovation, positively affecting the Australian healthcare landscape and leading with a philosophy of kindness. Sonia's passionate about learning, collaborating and innovating in the Australian primary healthcare space for vulnerable populations and it's fantastic to have her on the podcast here today and we'll be discussing Sonia's perspective basically into the state of impact-led entrepreneurship in Queensland when it comes to providing equitable access to health services and we'll get Sonia's insights and perspective on social innovation opportunities So, Sonia, thanks again for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you, Tom. It's an absolute honour to be here.
0: So, Sonia, kicking off, what was it that led to this passion of yours in health and social enterprise?
1: I think I've been a nurse for a long time, for about 30 years. I think it's just really witnessing the humanity of others and why people make the decisions they make, how systems fail people. And I found that, In 2017, there were a lot of people coming through um, the emergency department where I was working Mm. in the public hospital. They were experiencing loneliness. They were experiencing homelessness, chronic mental health issues and concerns, Mm. and just a general sense of hopelessness. And unfortunately, our emergency departments are amazing, but just not the right place for those kinds of issues. Mm. So I witnessed this come through and thought, look, something has to shift. I did try, I did raise funding for a position in a hospital to help impact, but in the end I thought, look, it's got to come as well from outside these walls. And so I quit my permanent public health sector role alongside my business partner at the time and decided to start health service from the back of a car boot. But really what I wanted to do is bridge the gap for people between experiencing all of those concerning issues between emergency departments and medical practices mm. and what was
0: primary health care five years ago yeah wow it's certainly been an amazing journey to follow and you've achieved a lot in these five years sonia so as the ceo of this organization at sunny street tell us a bit more about the projects you're involved in now and some of the key challenges that you've been observing when it comes to the health system
1: it's been an evolving state as you can imagine starting from a car boot to where it is half a decade later Yeah. yeah Moment we're across Queensland, which is fantastic. But essentially, our two major projects we have a center, I would say medical center, but I'd say it's a health center more because Mm -hmm. we have such an amazing team of allied health professionals doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, admin. Yeah, and we provide quite comprehensive care there, just as you'd find anywhere in any GP center. Yeah, but one of our passion projects has been our outreach, which is where we began. So we continue to provide outreach within about a 50 kilometre radius of our centre, but we really do some incredible work and reach out to different groups. So we're in community centres. So a nurse might spend two hours in a community centre. We go to flexi schools with some schools that have difficulties or maybe pupils that have difficulties heading to mainstream health. We work within domestic violence shelters and see a lot of women and also more specifically children and care for them. And we also do work in the corrections space. We found a lot of people coming to us on the street who were post-prison and they didn't have prescriptions they needed, or they didn't have access mm. to a GP. So we've stepped into that space. Those projects have been really the core of what we've been doing. but it has been interesting to see the challenges and the barriers that yes. can see for vulnerable people. There's a lot of barriers. When I first began, people would say, "Oh, healthcare is free in Australia," and I'm like, "Healthcare is free if you can afford it." But if you can actually afford to pay the gap, if you have a vehicle to get you, or transport to get you to an mm. appointment, you have a level of education, health literacy, so you can understand and comprehend and a diagnosis and what that means, how that will impact your health and your life and your loved ones. There's quite a few barriers that people that don't have those opportunities face so many of us have lived experience or living experience of trauma and when you have complex trauma you need time it's more than seven minutes more than 20 or 40 minutes with a doctor or nurse practitioner really for me what i observed very early on and i still see it now five years in is that we need a more equitable accessible healthcare system for all australians
0: mm, absolutely it's interesting to see how you working within the system saw a very clear need problem and gap in that service and you've responded in a way that really brings social entrepreneurship to the fore here so I'm keen to hear what your current take is on the state of social entrepreneurship in Australia at the moment Sonia and i suppose the sort of opportunities or challenges that you've you've been observing
1: Oh, I'm really excited about social entrepreneurship in Australia. When I began five years ago, it was a really interesting space. I'd actually never heard of a social enterprise. I had quit my job and I thought, what I want to do is provide health care for people who are vulnerable, experiencing vulnerability, Yeah. and I thought, that's benevolent work, so it should be a charity. I went to River City Labs in Brisbane at the time and was challenged by a couple of people there who said, maybe it doesn't need to be a charity, maybe it needs to look at being a profit purpose model and I had never heard of it and so at the time I was writing the Constitution and just put the brakes on that because I saw massive potential around being a social enterprise and having an enabling community to have control over what healthcare looks like. Like for them. Mm. It is really interesting. Five years later, social entrepreneurship or social enterprises, people are getting used to hearing about them, which is really fantastic. But quite often, the broadcast media will often say that Sunny Street is a charity, even if I say, please don't write that it's a charity. Yeah. Just so that we're clear and transparent uh, around yes. what a social enterprise is. But more people want to understand that as well. And I'm really excited about seeing the amount of people that are really keen to move into social enterprises. Certainly, I've played a role in educating people in that space. But the move away from more traditional models and having a company that provides profit but also purpose is absolutely changing the communities.
0: Mm, Totally. And it's funny to hear you talking about the charity versus the social enterprise and people's perceptions of that as well. We've certainly seen quite a few people coming to us talking about how they might be able to build in more sustainable revenue streams and hence why social entrepreneurship can be attractive to some. On your journey though, what has been some of those big challenges that you've been facing on the Sunny Street journey and what have you learned as a result
1: yeah, sure. Sustainability is a cracker, isn't it? It's, mm. it's always an issue. And I think because we're not a charity, it almost would have been a little bit easier if we were because corporations look to support us and we don't have DGR status or we're not a sure. company. So instantly we have to think a little harder about what that looks like. Yeah. So. For me, with sustainability, I've had to come up with other business ideas within a business. So, for example, we have a corporate flu program. There's people that create that just as a service itself. So, for me, I've had to come up with different business ideas. Another challenge would be that I've had to learn to market really well. So, when you're in a social enterprise, you really want to have a voice for your impact, for your change and the good that you're doing in the community. Because Sunny Street, we're doing this for good. We're doing this so that people have equitable access to health gap. So you have to really learn to push out, have a voice, be your own brand ambassador, and stand for something as a social enterprise because social enterprises do stand for something. Another challenge is any entrepreneur knows this that when you start up and as you're going through the first couple of years, you are all the things, you are all the roles, you are everything, and you don't have money to hire your weak spots. If you have weak spots, I shouldn't use the word weak, that's probably not it, but less better. <laughs> that's the yeah. grammar. Has a really bad. If you have really not great skills in social media, then it's just tough. You don't have the funding. You don't have the money. You find yourself in a position initially, and it's a real challenge when you're trying to create that impact yeah. to actually head into that space and start to get sustainable enough and market yourself well enough so that you can start to hire into where you actually need that assistance. Mm. they major challenges, and I think the final challenge is resilience. You find out pretty quickly how resilient you are as a businesswoman or person. You've got to get up, you've got to show up as much as possible, and you have to be kind to yourself some days. If you can't, then you just can't. But as a social enterprise and an entrepreneur, initially it rests on you. There's a lot of challenges, but uh, there's a lot of opportunities as well.
0: Yeah, totally, and there's some wonderful learnings there. I'm wondering for all of those social entrepreneurs or those that are aspiring to tackle a problem of some sort with this sort of response, if you have any other advice for them, because you've spoken about those key challenges there, what would you say to those social entrepreneurs listening?
1: Definitely reach out to people. For me, I knew that I had to find mentorship or a tribe early. I didn't have the finances to do that, so I thought, I'll stick to the health industry. But then I thought, I also need to look at what other entrepreneurs are doing. How are they solving problems? The problem? I want to stick to the health industry. So I would say move into an area that's a little bit different to what the problem you're solving and see how others are thinking, what pathways they're using, what skills they're using to solve a problem. For me, I moved into the health space, an entrepreneurial space, and for me, a female space, because mm. being a female CEO isn't super common. Yeah. So it's really to reach out and find your tribe and people that are going to help you solve your issues and give you a hand at the time. I think also keeping abreast of companies or groups in a similar space and what they're up to and to learn from them. I learned very early not to worry about competition, that there's enough room for everyone and that collaboration is a much better outcomes obviously but really keep abreast of what is happening in the industry that you're in. Mm. Also have a voice for your cause. It's really important to stand up and if you've chosen to be a social enterprise. What does that mean? What are you standing for? Really have courage to stand up and shout out to the world and share all your good work.
0: Some great advice there. And I love your focus on really talking about the tribe and community and building that around you, which is quite a good segue into the question that I was thinking, which is really these inspiring projects or initiatives that that you have come across, which of those around Australia or the world have you seen which are creating some great positive social change?
1: I get really excited about this. There's social enterprises that do amazing things, like the world's largest garage sale around the circular economy. It's worth looking up. Also, Pay It Forward Productions, who who are actually videographers that do pro bono work for groups like Sunny Street. We just finished working with them to show the good and what good is happening in the world. It's so fantastic to see this whole environment of social enterprises just grow. I would encourage people to think state nationally, but also globally. In 2022, I was fortunate enough to be successful in gaining the Churchill Fellowship. And what I'm really excited about is that I'm heading to around six different countries this year to look at how they are actually providing primary health care populations and to look at how they're managing data and using technology for better outcomes. I would actually suggest think globally, think nationally, and just challenge yourself around whether you're just thinking for the state, whether you're thinking around Queensland, think Australia-wide, think globally, because so much good and people are doing incredible things, and it's the only way that you can pivot, learn, and shape a social enterprise into what it needs to be to provide with the outcomes that you're
0: after that's really stable learnings there so to finish off Sonia what about some books or resources or blogs or podcasts what would you recommend to the listeners
1: Oh my gosh, I read so much. I think I read about a book a fortnight. However, a little bit of a brain comes to mind. There's a fantastic book. It takes an hour and a half to read. It's called QBQ, Question Behind the Question by John Miller. It's actually really fantastic. It talks about going the extra mile. Really great to read if you've got employees and even for yourself. I did read The 4-Hour Workweek, which is an interesting read, but I did appreciate its concept of retiring early and the change in I guess, mental state around when you have a week on weekends. Yes. You're retiring early. I love that. This is a bit cliche, but Renee Brown's Atlas of the Heart just helped me understand all the different feelings and emotions that I had around starting up, around my frustrations, around resilience, all those kinds of issues. It was a fantastic book by Joan Garrett. She's a nurse in the US called One Life Lost, Millions Gained. It's about how she actually set up a telehealth service for airlines. It goes through... Her entire journey as a businesswoman it was really worth it of course i've watched movies like founder steve jobs the pursuit of happiness joy there's so many great movies as well there's amazing podcasts whatever media you can grab hold of that you align with i would just say learn broadly as much as possible so it doesn't have to be with your industry but just push out and see how other people have solved problems because essentially that's what we're all doing
0: There's some wonderful books right there. So we'll stick links through to them in the article. So the listeners, you can head on through to the blog post and click on through to all of those, find the list. But Sonia, it's been wonderful to speak with you today. Thank you so much for being so generous with your insights and time. And we'll look forward to following your journey with Sunny Street. Oh, Thank you so
1: much, Tom. That's wonderful.